Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. I am so glad to have you here with us today. I appreciate you. You know, it's really amazing that after, you know, now more than five years, we're still together, we're still thriving. Life has its challenges and it has its advantages. But together, when we all pull together, we can all thrive. So thanks for being you and thanks for being here today. Today we wanna to talk about investing. We've got a bunch of different angles that we're gonna talk about investing your time, your treasure, um, your effort, your energy, your money, all of those kind of things. So stick around because we're gonna have a fun conversation about investing both in your now as well as in your future so um, you know stay tuned in the meantime I do want to remind you about a couple of really exciting things that are going on number one I have been asked to speak at the men's event that's gonna be in April the complete man oh man I'm really looking forward to it I'm gonna deliver my signature write your bestseller in one hour workshop um, you know, and you can really stay tuned here for more information or search for The Complete Man, um, and I'll get more info for you that as quickly as I have uh, sign-up information and what have you. Secondarily, I, I have to tell you again about the coaching opportunity with my good friend Errol Abramson. Errol's a multi-billionaire, okay? Errol has started and successfully completed with 47 companies no losses what I mean by completed is is that he either took them public or sold them for a profit and in each of those cases they were more than a million dollars some of them he sold for more than a billion dollars yes Errol is a multi-billionaire an incredibly brilliant man and he wants to coach you he wants to coach you at a price that is so far below any of the gurus that I know. In fact, his rates are right at about the same level that somebody who knows their stuff but you've never heard of would charge. Uh, he wants to spend two hours a week every week with you and be available 24-7 via email for you to send in questions. If you are looking for somebody to up-level your business, I promise you there is no one better than Errol to help you out. Reach out to me, send me a message on Facebook um, or send a message to uh, you know Steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. Let me know you're interested in coaching with Errol and I will help make that connection for you. It's a great opportunity, very, very limited number of people and, um, you know, he's not actually advertising it. He's just basically telling a few of us that are friends of his um, and letting us offer it to some friends of ours. Um, Errol wants to make a difference in your life. And I really hope that if you're interested, you will contact me. Today we want to talk about investing. And I know, um, if you're like me, that sometimes investing can be a little scary, right? Right? You know, we, we look around and we think of, uh, you know, the little bit of money we have. And so I think of over the course of my life, you know, when you're a young adult, often uh, opportunities arise, but the money is just not there. Um, I was talking with a good friend of mine, Craig. <laughs> we were talking about opportunities that we had uh, for investing. And actually, one of the guys in my support group, we had this conversation too. It's interesting. It's been kind of in the air the last 
couple of weeks or a couple of days, really. Um, so think about it. You know, I'm young enough that I remember back before there was a Microsoft Windows, there was this little company called Microsoft that had just written an operating system for the IBM computer. They called it DOS. And a friend of mine told me, you know, if you're going to buy some stock, that would be one to check out. I, of course, was a young 20-year-old with kids, and, um, you know, I didn't have any money to invest. But, oh my gosh, what if I would have? Um, you know, a friend from my group was talking about the expendable income that he had as an 18-year-old when he joined the military. And he was recommended to invest in this little company that sold books. Maybe you've heard of them. Their name is Amazon, <laughs> right? And he's like, you know, if only I would have known and invested my money that way then. But there are a lot of other things that we invest in too. For many of us, um, you know, our children really legitimately are an investment, right? I mean, we pour time, effort, energy, money into helping to help them discover, be, and live as the best version of themselves. Sometimes we get to see tremendous payoffs for that. And there are other times when it's kind of like, wah, wah, <laughs> you know, right? Um, and, and here's the good news, folks. If you happen to be in one of those feels like it's a crash and burn moments for your child, look up. It's okay. There's a verse in the Bible. You know, I warned you at the beginning of the show in the intro, third generation minister, Steve, that says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Doesn't say that when they're young adults, they won't go crazy. But they'll remember that stuff. It's ingrained in them. You made a good investment. And it's going to grow into something that someday you'll look back and you'll be like, hey, I'm glad that that person is now the person that they are. And you'll be excited for the life that they're living. Maybe it won't be the life you planned for them. But in most all cases, it'll probably end up being better. And that's really super cool. So, you know, that's the kind of investment we make. As entrepreneurs, which most all of you that listen are, one of the biggest investments we make is in our business. In fact, um, one of my friends in my men's mastermind group is a financial planner, a pretty big one. Um, his company does really, 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 really well. Um, and he said, honestly, most business owners, uh, their primary sometimes even only investment is their business because it makes more financial sense to put money back into the company than it does in any other thing they could invest in. And so think about that for a minute. You know, if you have a sales funnel, you know, one that's worked out the way it's supposed to be, where you have a marketing program and the marketing program costs X and from that it drives X number of leads and you have a closing percentage of, and I know I'm talking an Excel spreadsheet to you, but ultimately, if you've ever watched Shark Tank, you know, sometimes you've probably heard them talk about what is your cost of customer acquisition? Meaning, you know, if as simply put, you buy an ad and you get a certain number of people who buy, you know, and you do that long enough that you have a percentage, um, you know, the cost of that ad equals that many customers. And, you know, then that can tell you what your cost of customer acquisition is. It doesn't really matter how much that is as long as what you then are charging the customer not only covers your cost, um, but it also covers the uh, cost of the advertising, the cost of fulfilling the contract, and that there's a profit margin for the company. I know a lot of businesses, if you ever watch any of the shows, um, especially the business makeover shows, whether they be restaurants or other types of businesses, one of the big things they always talk about is, you know, 
you have to have a profit margin on this product. And, and it's an easy trap for us to fall in. But for those of you that are thriving entrepreneurs, I know that you've worked through that. You have a cost of customer acquisition. And in many cases, not all of them, but in many cases, putting the money in what we would call the top of the funnel is the best way to reinvest that money. You could just simply drive more customers. Um, now you need to be smart about that because you can put too many customers into your company and uh, you know overload your company and cause it to kind of choke out. <laughs> it's the only way I can really think to express that. But if uh, you know if you do it right, you can grow calmly and steadily, or maybe even a little bit uncalmly, but steadily and uh, get the rate of return from your company that you would never get in any type of investment. Um, you know, so there's there's those kind of angles too. Uh, another way of thinking of it is, is that as you build that business, eventually one of your potential exit strategies for your business is to sell it. And all of that time, effort, and energy that you put into it then pops out the other side as this really big check. I have a good friend of mine that actually just went through the sale of his business. Um, you know, and, and he's made money, he's provided for his family, had a good life the whole time through, but now he also has the fun advantage of a really nice sum of money that um, he gets to look at, you know, what's the, what's the next in my life? You know, I talked earlier about coaching with Errol. That's one of the things he'll immediately tell you is, you know, number one, you should be building your business with the exit strategy in mind. You know, how are you going to either go public with it or sell it? If you are going to sell it, who are you going to sell it to? Those kind of things. So that your time, effort, energy, and money are equaling a return. Um, and a lot of times that... Uh, percentage of return is so much greater than you would get in in pretty much any of the other investment strategies that we could talk to you about. So that's another option. Then of course there is just pure investing. You know there are people who do real estate investing. One of our guests today is actually going to talk about a great new program that I wish I would have known uh, for sure a couple of years ago, probably even sooner than that, about um, that I'm really excited to present to you uh, to really kind of help you out if you're new, especially at real estate investing. Um, you know, and then there's the more traditional type of investment strategies, the stock market, bonds, do I buy gold? What are the kind of things I should invest in? I don't intend on this episode to try to tell you for you specifically which one you should do but only to suggest to you that you really need to be uh, you know, aware of and then intentional with the investment part of your funds. Investing in one way or another should be part of what you're doing. It can be as simple as, you know, you're paying off your debts and getting out of debt so that you can then put your money into other types of platforms. Um, you know, it can be as advanced as some schemes that I've heard. I have a good friend of mine that's actually a programmer, and he's trying to create a program that will pretty well help him predict um, what is the smartest buy in the stock market. Um, it's a huge, lofty opportunity, uh, or, you know, or thing that it's presented a challenge to him, but a uh, really, really super smart guy, and it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, you know, so there's everywhere on the spectrum of the things you can do to both invest as well as reinvest. Um, the point is, is that it should be in some way or another part of your strategy to live as a thriving entrepreneur, right? Because the more that we use wisdom both in the things we do as well as the places that we spend our time, 
our effort and our energy, as well as our money, the better that we will be in the long run of our life. It's so easy when you're 20, right? You're gonna live forever when you're 20, right? Not gonna get sick. The coronavirus isn't gonna have any impact on you. Uh-uh, I'm 20, I'm impervious. You know, and then you wake up one day and it doesn't feel like 30 years have gone by, but you're celebrating your 50th birthday. It was so cool. When I turned 50, Maya turned 18 that same year. And we had a great birthday celebration together. It was so fun to celebrate those two milestones in our life. You know, and now at 53, I can tell you the time just goes by so quickly. And it's only the things that you've made wise investments in that are the things that are really going to help you help you thrive today. And that's the important thing. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Yesterday is a canceled check. Today is the only legal tender we can spend. Hopefully yesterday's, you know, yesterday's canceled checks show that you made wise investments. But even if you didn't, you have today to up-level yourself and to thrive, to make sound investments and to be the best version of yourself. Because more than anything else, isn't that really what we mean when we talk about living as a thriving entrepreneur? We're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with some great guests here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best welcome back to thriving today. entrepreneur this is steve welcome back thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneur today i hope today finds you in a great place and so let's jump into it let's talk with some really great guests and look at some investment strategies that might be just exactly what you're looking for. Many of you may have thought, you know, I wonder if I could do some investing in real estate. And the thing about it is, is that if you know what you're doing, it can be a really great opportunity. And if you don't, it can be a really not great opportunity. So in order to be able to help us with that today, I'm joined by a best-selling author and an expert in buying and selling on terms Chris Prefontaine. He's going to talk to us about his book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. Hey, Chris, glad to have you here with us on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your real estate and investing background so we know who you are. Sure. I'll give you the uh, 10,000 foot view without dating myself here. So I, I go back to like 1991 in real estate. But what I what I started doing was building single family homes. And then I kind of transgressed into um, buying a realty executives franchise. So I put my broker hat on from a builder hat, totally different. Sold that in 2000 to Cowell Banker and then started coaching people around North America and doing my own investments. Uh, unfortunately, that led to, or I can in hindsight say fortunately, that led to the debacle of 08, the crash. And that really put a bunch of headaches and to your earlier point of if you don't know what you're doing, well, we had, we had some big boo-boos during that crash. And that caused us, however, to restructure, re-engineer the entire business, which is now buying on terms only without banks or credit or cash. So 
dive right into it for us. Tell us how can you even get a house on terms without credit or cash? That seems seems like one of those infomercials you see on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I get that all the time. So we buy them on lease purchase, which we have built into our agreements, a $10 deposit, or we buy them with owner financing, meaning the there is no bank. The owner, what we call, holds the paper, so we make payments to the owner. And that's usually with no money down as well. And to top it off, it's with principal monthly payments, no interest. So lease purchase or owner financing primarily. And what kind of uh, what kind of term do you have them do? Do they do a full 30-year financing it that way? or? Uh, great question. So we typically, Steve, will do anywhere from three to 10 is real typical. And one of the reasons, unless we're saving it for our portfolio longer term, just kind of hanging on to it, which is maybe 10% of our deals, most of our deals we cash out within three to five years by installing a what we call tenant buyer um, via a rent-to-own program because they need time. They need time to repair credit or they need time to uh, save more down payment. They need time no matter what. And so we'll structure the term with our seller long enough to accommodate the buyer we're going to put in there so we can get the property cashed out uh, by, on or before the end of the term we agree on up front. So how does a person even figure out what house to begin looking at for that? Yeah, so uh, we tend to uh, teach and buy ourselves because we do both, right? We're in the field every day. It's my son, my son-in-law, my daughter, and a great team. And we buy uh, from either expired listings or meaning a realtor had it, it didn't sell, or a for sale by owner or a for rent by owner. And as far as what types, these are usually nice homes. These aren't beat up homes. We will get the occasional anomaly, but for the most part, these are move-in ready, nice homes. And then price-wise, uh, ideally, if I'm teaching someone, I tell them to stay within their median, kind of the sweet spot. So for us, that might be like 220000 to 700000 That might be our area. Uh, my student in D.C. might be, you know, half a million to $1.2 million. Wherever kind of the, the median, the sweet spot is, that's where we want to camp out. So if I'm understanding you correctly, then you're not really suggesting – find a really crummy house and fix it up kind of a method. It's a little different way of looking at it. Yeah, hundred percent accurate because he, here's a couple takes on that. And I, I have nothing against rehabbers and flippers. I have them on my podcast and I have friends that do it. But the fact is the reason we don't do it is number one, it's super, super competitive now, especially with all the TV shows out there. Literally so many people are jumping in the biz. So that does what that drives profits down. And then third, the biggest thing for me is, I, you know, I was a realtor for years, as I said. And so to do that transactional, I got to go do a deal to get a check, no longer interests us. The way we do it, instead of flipping a house and getting paid once, every single deal we do on terms has three, three paydays. It's cash up front. It's cash monthly over time on what we call the monthly spread. And it's cash when we cash out. That's, those are three great paydays for any business owners. And they average around 75 grand a deal. Well, that's a big difference from a, a one type deal where you get one check and then you got to go do it again. And then every January I wake up thinking, man, oh man, I got to go create this transactions all over again to get paid the same amount. That's kind of a depressing thought as you get towards year end. So we create a little bit more of a wealth and cash flow versus one check deals. So now how many deals at any given time are you guys working on? We do as a family company, uh, we're down to like two or three a month now. We're as high as 10 a month. And then we partner with students all around North America. So total we do with them another 12 to 15 a month. And we rev share on those. So they like our deals too. Uh, so that they get to kind of hold hands with us, learn how to do it. And both of us get paid. And it's no better way to learn in my opinion. So it's not like, here, go buy this course. Good luck. It's, hey, let's lock arms and let's go do deals together. So I kind of like what I'm hearing you say here. So um, your quote unquote coaching model is more based on a rev share rather than, you know, come by my program kind of a model. Am I saying that right? You are. We have a, a very, very low end foundational model that every mentor literally that I speak with says, you're crazy. You should be selling that, but you know, $10,000. We don't. We, we sell for very cheap because we want everyone to have that base knowledge and then let's go do deals. So 
even at our events every year. No one is in the room that didn't go through the base course. So everybody's speaking the same language, so to speak. Mm, that's good. So, uh, wow, we could just have a long conversation about things, you know, personally <laughs> that I'd be interested <laughs> in. Um, so, you know, is there any things to look out for as far as the kind of houses? Is there, what are the gotchas? Um, well, there's a whole, I wrote a whole a couple of chapters and, and I talk about my podcast because I'm an open book. So I love this question. Like, I don't want people to think it's all fluffy and easy, right? There are headaches. So, and, and you just have to know them. So one of them, there's seller side headaches and there's buyer side headaches, right? So the seller side headaches would be um, pinning yourself to too short of a term. So back, oh, I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven years ago, we would take on a term of two years. It's okay, but then you have, you're pressed. You have to find your buyer and get them cashed out inside of two years. And I just don't need or want that pressure. So now all our deals are longer term. So that's a seller side headache. Um, we've actually structured all our forms and agreements now to handle pretty much anything else that can come up like inspections or lead or anything crazy. On the buyer's side, there's a bigger headache. On the buyer's side, I, I saw us do it. And then when we came more mature, I see our students doing it. And that is you get a house under agreement. You can't wait to get a buyer in there because you get your three paydays started. And so you tend to, or you can tend to accept someone that's not, for example, having a big enough deposit. To me, all that is is a glorified tenant wanting to rent and maybe someday by some hope they'll buy it. Instead, we want to make sure people have a plan to get to or come in the door with 10%. So now I know I'm dealing with a buyer. Every time we varied from that rule and our students did, there's room for more headaches, meaning they'll default and leave and then you have to sell the house again and that's a pain in the butt. So what kind of time frame are we looking at for that 10%? Are you talking about all up front or... Um, some come in with it up front. Um, so every house, we obviously want to have a little bit of a round robin, meaning multiple parties interested. So, so it just depends on the urgency and the quality of the house. However, we see around 40% of our buyers come in with that much up front and the other 50 or 60% have to work their way up over time to that. But we won't let them in the house without at least 3% down and then a solid game plan to have payments come in over time. For example, uh, we had a state trooper that knew he had sergeant pay coming retroactive. So he could say to us, look, each quarter, I'm going to give you 5,000 more. We have people that almost all of them say, well, next February with my tax refund, I'll give you this much more. So we put a plan together so that at the end of the term, they are in a much better shape for their mortgage. Bank likes it. They get a better rate. And of course, we're happy because we had the paydays and we know we have a solid buyer vested in the home versus just kind of winging it. So as you can tell, we, we set these guys up to win, but we don't put them in the home. So I'm assuming that you're selling the houses, buying and selling the houses pretty much at market rate. You're not like getting them in any kind of special deals. Is that correct? Uh, fantastic question because on the seller side, we're typically getting them at or close to market rate. And we'll decide on that. You know, some sellers don't need that. They'd rather have relief yesterday. So it just depends on the deal. On the buyer's side, um, once we price the home, and it's usually retail rate, you know, they're not getting a steal on it by any chance. They might even pay a slight premium because we're giving them terms and we're, we're locking their price in for two, three, four, sometimes five years. That, that's a big benefit. So they walk in this home like they're the homeowner. They do the maintenance like they're a homeowner. They pay for it like a homeowner. But they also capture any market ups or downs like a homeowner. So they are just like one. They just don't have a, a mortgage yet. So the price is locked in. Okay. All right. I, I'm just, like I said, we could have a fun conversation, just you and I talking for hours <laughs> about this all ourselves. It goes um, deep. I'm trying not to get too detailed, but I'll go in any direction you want. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a reality check. What kind of time and money does a person need to have in order to start on this adventure? Okay, two answers. Um, one is um, after you go through the basic course, you will need things like, and they're all small, but you will need things that we suggest like a virtual phone system and a VA, a virtual assistant, ideally to, to call on these properties for you ahead of time. So you're not just blindly calling, you're only speaking with people that want to speak with you. And this whole, the, the whole system outside of a website, because some people can do their own or they have to hire that out. Outside of a website, the entire thing will cost you around five or 600 bucks a month 
to go ahead and ramp up to about your first three deals, maybe four. And then I'm going to instruct them to get some more help and you know start outsourcing some things. But that's pretty significant profits for only five or six hundred bucks a month when you compare it to any business. And then the website usually a one-time thing. We build them for some clients, or they go get their own, or they have friends that do it. But they just need somewhere to drive traffic once they get a property. They got to post it and drive buyers to it. So you're pretty much selling them outside of the RMLS system. Oh yeah, we don't uh, have any properties listed with realtors. Um, there's, there's no need for it. Sometimes if a term with a seller is coming up and our buyer had a life event, we've had them all, divorce, uh, leave the state for a sick dad-in-law, you know, all kinds of things come up, life events. If that life event happens towards the end of a term, we sometimes will turn to a realtor because we have no more time left on our, on our seller agreement and we'll just sell it outright. That has happened plenty of times. So that's the only time we'll, we'll deal with realtors uh, and other than that, mostly they're sending us things, Steve, because me being a realtor in the past for 18 years, I know there, there are listings that realtors just have to walk away from, whether they're upside down or whatever the challenge is, or buyers that aren't ready. Well, both of those can be referred to us. And so they can look like a hero there and, and kind of have an answer for every buyer and seller they have. So we deal with them more from a referring to us than we do selling homes. So... To kind of put a uh, perspective on it for somebody that didn't expect they were going to be listening to this on the show today, um, if a person now is inspired to want to maybe dip their toes into real estate investing, what is the first piece of information that they should get to determine whether this is right for them? I'm big on free. So a couple things. One is they can go to my free webinar if they don't mind listening to me go on for another 50 minutes. <laughs> they can go through the webinar. It's content rich, but it also tell them, hey, if, if this is something you want to look further into, here's where you go and it'll, it'll direct them to our course. There's also um, uh, either one of our books. I, you know, They're both on Amazon. They're both bestsellers. If you want, I can give your listeners, if they mention they heard you and I talking, I can literally, including shipping, ship them a free book and I can give that link towards the end here. Um, and I mean a hard copy book uh, and it's not going to be put your card in for shipping, no card needed. We'll ship it. Those are, those are free. The YouTube channel, there's a plethora of deals on the, on the YouTube channel. So again, free. And then if you decide, Hey, that's something I want to dig into. Great. There's, there's other options for you with the course. That is awesome. So do tell us what is the best uh, way for people to get in contact with you to get the free book, those kind of things. Yeah, so go to free, S-R-E-C book.com, free, S-R-E-C book.com, and that'll get you the real estate on your terms, which is going to be the entire system that you and I just briefly, briefly touched upon. And of course, smartrealestatecoach.com is the main site. The author of the best-selling book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, Chris Prefontaine, um, some really great stuff. And I do encourage all of you to check it out and see if maybe real estate investing is right for you. Chris, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. I don't know about you, but I picked up some exciting, I'm looking forward to looking into more concepts around the concept of real estate investing. I really love it when a guest comes on the show and introduces to me something you know, brand new way of looking at a thing that can help me begin to, you know, up-level my mind. And it's always fun to be able to look into those things and be like, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe I could. So I hope that you find yourself in that place too. It really is fun to look at the different ways we can invest both our time and our money and how we can make the most use of it. Because after all, isn't that one of the key ingredients as living as a thriving entrepreneur? We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business. Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. 
that message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. Today we're talking about investment, uh, the ways that you can invest your money, the things you can invest your time, your effort, your energy, and yes, your money in. Um, there are some really off-the-wall ways of doing it, and then there's the, some more traditional ways. We just really want you to have the information so that you can invest in a way that's best for you to help you maximize your profit and your profitability um, and be able to live throughout all of your life the thriving life that you're looking forward to. Isn't that really one of the best ways to live as a thriving entrepreneur? Investing. So you have a little bit of money or you wish you did. Um, and you want to prepare for your future as well as other things, what is the best way to invest? How do you grow your money and make it work for you? Aren't you glad that I asked? Well, I'm glad that I have with me a professional at that. His name, Justin Goodbreed. He's going to help you today with business growth, wealth management, and financial education. Justin, thanks for being here with us. Dave, thanks for having me, brother. Tell us just a little bit about who you are. Sure. I'm an old country boy from South Georgia. Grew up on the, near the swamp, uh, near the ocean, just about an hour below Savannah, Georgia. Sold my first business when I was just over the age of 20. Sold my second and my third business in my late 20s, early 30s. And now I currently own four businesses and loving life. I live in East Tennessee. Wife and three beautiful kids live on a small farm looking over the Tennessee River and um, the Cumberland Mountains. Goats, chicken, horses, those type of things are what I love. And most of all, I love helping business owners rock it out. So that's who I am. Perfect. I love this seal that you have on here, that you have an award from an organization called Exit Planning Institute. You are their leader of the year. Um, exit planning is such a great thing that a lot of people don't think of. Um, you know, how do we really get out of our business financially well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one of the saddest things that I experienced in my own personal life was whenever I, I dealt with the exit of my first business. Um, you know, just like any other business owner out there, I started my business when I was 15. It grew and grew and grew. And here I am in my early 20s, finding the American dream, doing something you end up loving and turn into a job and end up hating it. So I get, got ready to sell this thing. And I thought it was worth a lot more than it ended up being worth. So I sold it and found out real quickly that business is an asset. It's one of the best assets that we can own to build wealth for those of us who like a little bit of risk. And I found through exit planning that we can not only grow our own net worth as business owners, but candidly, we can help our immediate team and those that we know, love, and trust that have helped us all these years build this business. We can actually change their worlds. We can give them a, I call it, take this job and shove it check at one point in their life. So exit planning is, to me, one of the most vital things we can deal with as business owners sooner than later. Sorry about that. I had to close the door on the dog. <laughs> no problem. Um, so when we look at the value of our company, because you brought that up, um, I think just about every entrepreneur I've ever met probably evaluates their company more than what it's worth. Oh, absolutely. How do you legitimately determine what your company is really actually worth? So candidly speaking, I use some really cool software that's smarter than me. 
Um, but in reality, what it's doing is it's taking the position of our company today, where it's been over the last three to five years, the projection of the glide path it's on for the next three to five years. You pull all that together with 256 points of measurement behind the scenes and that software, and that gives us a what's called enterprise value. Um, I can create values or I can do a valuation for businesses that could be between a range. The truth of the matter is, though, Steve, at the end of the day, the true value of your business is what someone's willing to pay for it. That's the reality of it. So many times we business owners, myself included, friends, we business owners think our businesses are worth so much more than they actually are. The danger is, is and this is where my heart is, Steve, is that whenever we're looking at value or trying to grow our net worth, here's some stats that just drive me crazy. 80% of our net worth as business owners is wrapped up in our business. So the very thing that we're going to try to use to help us in our retirement, to help our team and our family in our retirement is this business that we burn our blood, sweat, and tears in. But only, only a small amount, less than about 16% of businesses actually sell. And of those that actually sell, only 3% actually make the ultimate sale. What I mean the ultimate sale is they sell for what the business owner thinks they're worth. Only 3% of businesses actually do that. So whenever you're trying to value a business, it's, it's scientifically easy. There's lots of books written about it. But for us business owners, it's hard to stomach the fact that our business is probably not worth what we think it's worth. So at what point... You know, because one of the powers of having your business is the cash flow, even though its net worth isn't necessarily much. Um, at what point do we uh, know that it's time to be able to, uh, you know, not be in that business anymore as opposed to just living on that cash flow that's provided a pretty good living for us? Yeah, um, this, I'm going to say something I typically lose a lot of business owners on. That's okay. And it's my, it's, my, it's my belief. Feel free to make it yours. Okay. I don't believe a lot of people who have businesses truly or say they're business owners truly are business owners. Many times we have what's called a lifestyle business. We build this company which provides us a higher than a higher income than that of maybe be serving as an employee somewhere else. But oftentimes the business is solely centered around us and our ability. We're at the epicenter of our business many times as business owners. And in that case, we don't have a business. We have a glorified job. What I, what I try to strive with our clients is to show them that you can systematically over a period of time, move yourself from the epicenter to where everybody surround, where everything surrounds you, the business owner to now, where you can go to the beach, so to speak, you can go on that big hunting trip or you can do whatever it is that your heart desires. And that business will sustain itself without you, not just for a week, but consistently over time, it'll sustain itself. So <clears throat> one of the things that I try to strive for is to help business owners realize, number one, there is, there is a true business. And that is one that consists consistently stay without you and Bob. Number two, Whenever you build the business to where you're not at the epicenter of that business and your personal finances are designed to where now you're, you know that the sale of business will meet your personal expectations, then you know you're ready to sell or to exit that business whenever the value of the business and your opportunity cor correlates or intersects with each other. And so at that time, whenever the business value reaches the sale price that you need and your personal finances are ready for that exit, at that point is when you're going to try to sell the business. Okay, so now we're dipping our wing a little bit into the personal finance end of things. What are some of the things that you've found that uh, business owners especially don't really prepare for themselves in their personal finances? There's a statistic that shocks me, and I almost want to say shame on you. In fact, on my podcast, and even in the book that I wrote, I actually said this as an adjunct type of a comment. 75% of business owners don't even have a flipping financial plan. We haven't slowed down enough to even do a personal, simple financial plan. 75% of business owners. And I want to say shame on you. Because if you cannot even your own personal finances track where you're going, then how in the world are you going to make that business reach where it wants to go? So the number one thing that I see, man, is we don't take the time to even do a little bit of planning for ourselves. And in my case, my own personal life, a little bit pulling back who I am, 
I can remember my wife early on in, in my third business saying, almost crying on the pillow, pillow saying, are we going to be able to pay our bills tomorrow? And so I realized at that point that I could see the way the flows worked, but because she wasn't active in the business and could see all the things that I was seeing, I needed to take some time back and put together a true financial plan, one that helped me minimize taxes and help me with the budgeting of our family, help me with all the stupid insurances that we got to deal with and legal documents and then these investing things, bring it all together so that my wife could see the picture. And here I am a certified financial planner, a national award winning certified financial planner. And my own bride didn't even know what we were dealing with. So I understand business owners. We, man, we jump in the business and we're trying to run it out. We're trying to just make the next buck, the next sale, trying to do whatever we're trying to do to grow our business. But time out, folk, go back into your personal finance and get just a simple, simple, comprehensive financial plan. If you do that, your personal finance will be so much better and your significant other, my spouse in my case, she can actually go to sleep at night without having to worry about money. So dude, Steve, that's the number one thing that I see with business owners is we don't even take the time to make sure the home front is solidified. Mm -hmm. So if you were to uh, be pinned down to a step one, you would definitely say step one is your personal finances? So whenever I have clients engage us, so we oftentimes we, in fact, every day we have people nationally call us and say, Hey, Justin, I heard you. So-and-so I heard you speaking at this conference. I heard you here. In fact, just this last week, I had another firm with CFPs, SEPAs, uh, all these different designations that I have called me and said, Hey, Justin, we want you to help us in our personal planning and our business planning. And step one for me is walking every single person. Our firm is the very first things we walk everybody through a personal financial plan, before we ever jump into the business, before we ever work on strategic planning or value growth or exit planning or all these things that we help the business owner do, we want to make sure that the home front is solidified. I, I, I relate it to boating here in East Tennessee. We have some beautiful lakes around us. It doesn't do us any good to get the boat up on plane if we got holes in the boat. So we want to take our personal finances and make them extremely efficient. And we want to make them to where we can go to work knowing our personal finances are positioned properly. And only then do we have the right framework to deal with our business, to grow and to, to work really hard to try to double that enterprise value every three to five years. So man, step one, hands down is comprehensive financial planning. Okay. So with that in mind, um, well, before we get to that, let me ask you one other question first, actually. 75% um, of people then, even after you've said this, are going to remain in that 75% category. Exactly. Yep. What is the, why don't we do it? Oh, you would ask me that question. Steve, someone else asked me that question here just yesterday, and I was in a private conversation on Sunday, and man, I don't know. I don't know if it's that we, we view it as complicated. I don't know if we view it as frustrating. I could tell you why I didn't deal with it because I hate Wall Street, man. I get so stinking tired of the financial industry trying to sell me a business owner, this idea that I need to take as much money as I can and throw into Wall Street's coffers so they can grow it for me. I think that's a load of horse malarkey. I don't think we business owners are designed that way. I view... I view business owners as the number one asset we have is our business, not some 401k somewhere that some, some guy in a suit and tie wants me to stick as much money in. So maybe we business owners view Wall Street as I do. And so therefore we like, we just say, you know, forget it. I'm not going to mess with Wall Street because they don't understand me. So perhaps that's it, man. That's the only thing I could come up with, Steve, because that's the emotions that I have personally as a, a business owner of multiple businesses. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so let's, uh, let's give people some practical things they can do um, rather than just throwing their money into the Wall Street lottery um, yeah. to create a solid business for the home front. Yeah, so here's the process that we walk folks through. And this is ultra simple, stupid simple here. If you're married or if you have a significant other, the very first thing we ask our clients to do is walk into separate rooms and write down your top 10 goals that you have. You're like, Justin, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Write down your top 10 goals. They don't even have to be business related. Once you come out and once you and your significant other or spouse do that particular task, come out and compare and pick out the most, the top three 
uh, goals that you both agree on, that you both have written down. And that's not uncommon for a family unit or for partners to have three, four or five different common goals. Once you know those common goals, step number two is quantify the goals. Be ultra specific. Don't just say, I want to quote, retire at age 60. Say, I want to retire at age 60 with an after-tax income of $80,000 a year. And I want to travel the country spending $20,000 a year while I go to my beach house in South Florida that has a pink, a pink siding and a, and a black tin roof, whatever the information is. Be as specific as possible. So that's step one whenever you're doing personal planning. Step two is, is that you have to get rid of the things which which the whole, we had to plug the holes in the boat. You have to get rid of those things which are causing us to lose wealth. And that is taxes. Number one, you have to have a comprehensive tax plan. So hire a good planner who understands taxes and let them show you how we as business owners can legally and effectively use the tax code to build our net worth. Then you have to get rid of interest. Yeah, all those things, all those debts that we have. I feel like Dave Ramsey many times saying, hey, get rid of the debt but we have to get rid of debt, but we need to do it strategically. In fact, I did a debt strategic debt pay down course on our website that deals with this for business owners. Then after, then after the, the, the interest, we have to cover the insurances. Most of us don't realize how much we waste in insurance dollars. We're sold things. So if you just stop right there and you said, all I'm going to do in this next quarter of this year, the next six months of the year is come up with the top goals, and then devise a tax plan, an insurance plan, an interest reduction plan, you have made more strides on your personal finances than the average person out there. And you can position your mind to saying, hey, I do need some professional help, or you know what, I can armchair quarterback this on myself. So those would be some topics that I would say that are hands down some of the first things you deal with. Mm, that is such good stuff really answers some good questions for people. I do really hope that people will jump in um, and uh, really start working on not being in that 75%. Justin, is there a way that somebody that wants to go deeper with you could contact you? Sure, I would point most folks to Financially Simple. It's my education portal. Um, we have on financiallysimple.com, we have courses that we've created. We have just over 800 articles that deal with personal and business finances. Um, you can look at the methodology. We have our own podcast on there, videos, you name it, it's on there. So financiallysimple.com is the hub. And while you're there, check out the book, The Ultimate Sale. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's our first book. We have a couple more coming out, but it deals with us business owners on building a business that we can sell not being a statistic, not pouring our life, blood, sweat, and tears into our business and all of a sudden ha not having an asset that we can sell at some point. So Financially Simple is the hub that I'd point folks to. And um, if there's any questions, they can reach out through that hub to contact our team. Perfect. I love it. Justin, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Steve, thanks for having me, brother. I love a discussion with smart, wise investors. And I love the concept that it's broken down so simply. Um, there should be part of the money that you're bringing in that's going in some way to some form of investing. And again, like I said at the beginning of the show, maybe the money is all being invested in your children right now. If you're a young parent, I would not be surprised at all. And that's a good worthwhile investment. You know, maybe you can look at some places where in addition to that, uh, even if it's small, you could add in, uh, you know, what if you put a dollar every paycheck away? I love the new services. Um, my bank actually just gave me an opportunity for it and I'm looking, I'm reading up on it, but I think I'm going to do it where the bank is now going to do the round up every charge on my debit card kind of a thing. Um, but it's right directly with you know, funds that are already in my bank account. So, um, you know, it makes it easier for me too because then every transaction is an even dollar amount and I don't have to worry about change at all. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, you know, real great way. And, and think about all of the, you know, something, something and 98 cents things that you do. And I don't know about you, sometimes when I'm tipping waiters or waitresses, I will sit down and try to figure out the math so I can make it an even number, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, even something as simple as that, there are a lot of pennies and nickels and dimes 
that we could easily, uh, you know, Leslie, who's been on the show before, talks all about how she just simply put in place the lifestyle of not stepping over even a penny when she sees it on the ground, but picking up all that change. And she's found to date somewhere like thirty or $40,000 of money just laying on the ground. Um, you know, it's been over a course of like four or five years, but, you know, just imagine the kind of, uh, you know, if you had all of the pennies that you've seen on the ground that you didn't pick up, if you had all of them over the course of a lifetime. Uh, anyway, I hope that that will help and encourage you. Uh, one of the best investments you can make after investing in your own personal development which is so important to be the best version of yourself, but is to understand that all of us are here for one major reason, and that is to share, serve the people that we're meant to share and serve with, right? I mean, think about it for a minute. What good is a talent if you don't use it? What good is a message if it's not shared with people? Now, a lot of times we fall into the trap of wanting the reach to have to be so huge. I want to I want to dismiss that from you for today. I want you to understand that if you only helped just one person ever that would be more than enough. That would be the thing that would make such a difference in somebody else's life. You need to understand that we're here to change others' lives. I think of the story of the starfish. You know, the little girl is frantically throwing starfish back in the water after a storm. And the guy says to her, you can't possibly save all of them. And she looks up at him and says, to that one, it made all the difference. And that's where we need to be when we start sharing our message with the world, is understanding to that one, it makes all of the difference. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You're not an accident. And the world needs you. Share your message with the world. Give of yourself. Take what you've gone through and help somebody miss that ditch that you fell into as we each of us help one another. And yes, I do believe that you should share that in a book and let it live for generations. But in any way that you can, each of us needs to help one another. That's the secret to making our world a better place. That's, more than anything else, the best investment we can make. And what will yield the return of living as a thriving entrepreneur. I want that for you, and I know you want it for yourself too. I hope that you're in a great place, and until next time, I hope that you have an incredibly blessed, wonderful, and great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. 
It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.